This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y-L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M. For links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, Marcella begins her story when she became a dancer and a cheerleader in high school. She later took voice lessons and discovered that she was a natural at vocal performing. While still in high school, Marcella wrote a song about bullying, which received quite a bit of success when schools began to play the video for their students. After high school, she briefly trained in London. Then Marcella went to college at Berkeley and studied music. After graduating from Berkeley, she moved to Los Angeles and began writing and producing music for other people. Later, Marcella began to focus on her career as a musician and creating music for herself. In this episode, she debuts her song titled, Know My Name. Here is Marcella's story. My name is Marcella Frujan and I am calling from Los Angeles, California. So um, when I was really young, music was a huge part of my life. I was a dancer, a high school cheerleader, competitive cheerleader, pretty much did everything that involved being around music. And what was really fun is, so in, in middle school, I was cheer captain and I was in charge of making all of our music. And so that was kind of my first time you know, diving into into the production side of music. Um, and I used GarageBand for the first time, which is crazy because that was so long ago. And basically I would find my favorite music and cut little sections from each of them and then piece them all together in this huge arrangement. And that was kind of my first time building, you know, building a song. So that was kind of the first moment where I was like, you know, I didn't have to make any of the music. I was just listening to what stuck out to me, what I really liked. And I, you know, was putting everything together. And, you know, I kind of didn't really progress that much after that. I think later on, I, you know, was adding like effects and, you know, some samples as transitional elements, but I never really, you know, understood the big picture of being a producer. I was just kind of creating and having fun. And, you know, I would, I did this with all my friends and it, it was just a fun way to, to express ourselves. 
Um, so when I was a dancer, there was a little studio um, that was doing vocal lessons. And, you know, I was like, oh, that could be fun. I never thought about doing that. I never thought about, you know, that is like a career path or really something that people did. And and so I asked my mom and she was like, of course, let's, let's try it out. And so my first time in a vocal lesson, it clicked more than anything else. It was, you know, that kind of was it for me. You know, once I, because I feel like I kind of naturally just had an okay voice without, you know, ever doing vocal warm-ups or training prior. You know, I was an okay singer for a world. Um, so I really enjoyed it and um, you know, it was, it was really fun to, you know, sing my favorite songs and express myself in that way. But I struggled a little bit, you know, with, with being open to singing in front of other people. When I was a dancer and a cheerleader, I was so confident up on stage and, you know, nothing really fazed me. But when I had to sing in front of other people, for some reason, I would get so nervous and shut down. It was like a completely different side of me. Um, so that that took some time to get to get over. And I think the biggest, I don't really remember when it set in, but I think I just like told myself, I was like, this isn't about you, you know? There's no reason to be nervous because you're singing for other people, you know? Like this, you're entertaining other people you're inspiring other people you're affecting other people you know you're sharing your gift for others so stop being so selfish and when I kind of you know thought about it in that way I got over it and now I'm like you know I get nerves once in a while going up on stage just from you know being out of it and not performing as much as I used to but you know, I could pretty much whip out a song if you if you ask me to. Um, but, you know, I kept on singing. And then uh, a couple years later, you know, I think at around the age 14, I wanted to really progress and and learn how to songwrite because, you know, I was writing poems here and there. Um, but I knew that I wanted to tell my stories and my experiences. And so I met these two guys, Josh Good and an engineer producer, Bradley Procopi. And um, we got into a room and we wrote the song together. And this was the very first song I had ever written. It's called Truth Is. It's an anti-bullying anthem. And why I wrote this song is I was in ninth grade at the time and I was really seeing the effects of bullying. I really, you know, I always heard about it. You know, we have the assemblies talking about it and things like that, but I had never really saw it. And I remember going into one of my like biology classes and my friend sitting in front of me like, had cuts all over her wrist and wasn't hiding them. And 
there was another situation where a kid from another school was, you know, really depressed and tried to shoot himself and did, but it, you know, he's thankfully alive because it, you know, missed. And so that was pretty crazy to me being so young. And, you know, I'm a very emotional person. And so, and the stuff that I wrote when I was younger, you know, was always moody and sad. And I feel like that's just being a teen for some reason. But I really wanted this to be the first song that I wrote. And I'm so glad it was. So when we wrote this song, we were like, wow, this could have so much impact. Let's, you know, I think we need to do a video for it. So in, I took an AV, you know, video class in, in high school and I just showed it to my teacher. Um, and you know how teachers are probably like, oh, this is my students, probably not that great, whatever. But he listened to it and he was really surprised and loved the message. And he happened to own a production company and he was like, I would love to do this video for you. And so that's how it all started. And we got a little team together and we went to Gunter High School and had some of the kids be in it and some of my friends are in it. And, you know, we made the video and, you know, the release day of that video, when we put it on YouTube, the immediate response that it got was mind blowing. Like I had messages from kids that, you know, were depressed and feel that they weren't alone or that they were going to kill themselves and just from watching this video they realized not to do that or just insane messages that as a 14 year old was insane like I from that point I realized how much of an impact I could make and how I could make a difference even if it's in a small way and that has really drove me to be an artist. And that is my sole purpose of making music is to, you know, inspire other people, to affect other people, to make them feel like they're not alone or what they're going through, other people are going through as well, you know. And that, that experience was just crazy. And I'm so proud of that song. And I'm so happy that it's out in the world and it's become a public service announcement in a lot of schools around the South. It's crazy because I'll get messages like, I'm from Louisiana and we watched your video and you know, my speech class or my health class. Um, and the other day, or the last time I was home in Dallas, there was this event. This guy came up and he was like, you look so familiar. And I was like, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a singer. And he goes, oh my God, is, was your song Truth Is? He's like, I'm a teacher, we play that song every day in my class. And I was like, that's crazy. That still to this day, it's, it's being played in schools. And, you know, I'm proud of myself for putting something so positive out into the world. And 
And so from that point on, that song, you know, got a lot of traction and I was getting a lot of, um, you know, emails and calls from, from people wanting to work with me. And, and so I had this one opportunity to go to London and do a bunch of things. And, and so for a couple months, I would travel, you know, from Dallas to London and I got the opportunity to record at East Coast Studios where Adele recorded her album and I got to write my name on the board right next to hers and um, perform at Meet Him and Cons France and I had a lot of fun opportunities um, there but it was also a big learning experience because I was kind of putting all my trust into this one guy who was like you're gonna make it you're gonna make it all while I felt so pressured to be someone I wasn't because we had, you know, a lot of these talks. He was like, you have to know, he printed out this huge list of like celebrities and, and he was like, you need to know who all these people are and their names and what they do. And I was like, and I was just like, this is weird. And, you know, he kind of prepped me for interviews and told me what to say and what not to say. And it was very hard because, you know, I take, advice and like mentorship to heart you know I trust I put so much trust into people and so I had a couple interviews there where I actually couldn't speak and I didn't know what to say because I didn't want to say the wrong thing and you know that was a a whole learning experience of you know I felt like that whole time I was very prepared as an artist and as an, you know, as a vocalist and, and I realized that after that whole experience, I was not ready. And it wasn't, you know, from him prepping me and all this stuff, because I realized no one does that. I feel like no one really does that. Like, and for me as an artist, I want to be as human and as honest as I possibly can, because that's what a human is. Like we, make mistakes but that's what makes us a real genuine but you know I take so many positives from from what I did and I don't regret any of that experience but it's because that you know was a life lesson and it shaped me into a into a better person and so that sort of moment because I was kind of touring and traveling I sat my parents down and I was like, you know, I don't really see college in my future. I don't really want to go and take all these pointless classes. Like I was like, math and science are going to be pointless. I don't, you know, I want to be a, a creative full time. And they were very supportive and respected that. They just wanted me to be busy and, you know, continue doing what I loved. And I, I love that. But, you know, I... I know me as a person and I like schedule and order and I just saw like that first semester my friends all went off to college and you know I was seeing them making new friends and creating a life and choosing career paths and I was like feeling so alone back in Texas by myself and so I started looking into colleges and I found Berkeley and I was like this is the only college I want to go to, this is it. Like if I go to college, 
it's Berkeley. And the reason was is because it's all the classes that you take are music based. So if you take like a math class, they'll call it acoustics and it's about, you know, that sort of side of things. You know, if you take a liberal arts, it's about you can write a paper about like orchestras or everything is related to music. And I was like, I can do that. I can deal with that. And so I tried out for Berkeley. I had a really great audition. I was very proud of myself. Um, there was this whole improv section and there's someone playing the keys and they're just like improv. I'm like, okay. And I wrote this whole like jazzy tune lyrics and everything just on the spot and the girl was like did you just write that on the spot and I was like yes yes I did and I wish like I recorded it because I was so proud of myself but anyways I had a really great audition and a couple of months later I found out that I got in and I got a scholarship and I was so 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 excited and so that was the next chapter of my life I kind of you know, stopped everything I was doing and went to college like a normal human. And that whole experience completely changed my life because before Berkeley, I kind of really only listened to hip hop and rap and like soul music um, because I was a hip hop dancer and I was really into the, really into rhythms and then you know, as a singer, I sang soul stuff like Joss Stone. And so I, I really cut out like every other type of music and didn't really care about it. And then when I went to Berkeley, it opened me up so much because, you know, I was hearing jazz, I was hearing classical, I was hearing pop music. And I, for some reason, it took me to go to Berkeley to realize that you know, those genres are equally as incredible. And I think I was being immersed in the music instead of just like listening to it on the radio. I was walking past classrooms where they were, you know, a jazz band was playing or, you know, I was in a classroom writing pop music and learning what it takes to write a song and everything that goes into making music and it's a lot of hard work a lot of hard work and I learned to appreciate it so much and a really cool part about Berkeley is before I went I didn't have any formal training I just had voice lessons and did warm-ups but I didn't have any theory knowledge or any knowledge of production and I learned so much of that. I don't know if I really retained most of the theory because I don't, I play keys more as a songwriting um, instrument, but um, I did a degree in songwriting and in the songwriting major, they had a bunch of production classes. And what I love the department is that they, you know, embrace their students as kind of like, really independent like you can do everything for yourself in a way so we would learn how to write lyrics and melody 
and then be able to put that into a program and make a beat behind it and build an entire song and then make that sound really good. So we, by the end of Berkeley, we would have all these songs that we could, you know, put out or, you know, if you went into a writing session, you'd be able to make a killer demo. And I really loved that because I think I knew for a long time that I was going to be a producer, but, you know, it took me going to Berkeley and taking actual classes to make me realize. And, you know, my first initial thought to production is that I could do everything for myself. And, you know, previously when I would go in a room with producers, I'd have all these ideas and try to explain them to them and be like, can we, you know, put trap hats and, and like this 808 bass, but like with, you know, pop elements and, and no one really could understand the sound that I was trying to make, um, which is fair because I don't know if I could explain it then as well as I could now, but it's so nice to be able to create whatever I want based on what I'm hearing. Um, and sometimes that means going to Google and being like, how do I make this sound? But I am able to do it. And, and that's, that's a huge part of my life. Welcome everybody to the Potterskew Podcast. I am... Whoa, 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 dude. This is our promo, not the show. I'm Rico. Oops, my bad. I'm CJ. We're the host of the Potterskew Podcast. We are fans of pretty much anything and everything pop culture, including movies, TV shows, books, video games, comics, music, and of course, Kevin Smith. Now, while we do keep our fingers on the pulse of Silent Bob, he certainly doesn't need our help in promoting him. You got that right. We do our own thing with inspiration from the man and his mantra of why not. We've got stories from celebrities we've interviewed, theories of our own for certain movies, and we usually have a great debate on almost anything. We also do commentaries on movies. Sometimes we ask our fans what they want to watch with us. So, if you love the timber of our vocal cords and you want to watch a movie at the same time, give us a listen. Stay tuned every Monday. There's always something new. And if you've been good this year, we may even give you some bonus episodes from time to time. So be good, subscribe, and enjoy Pot Askew. Proud members of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. After graduating Berkeley, I moved to L.A., which is currently where I'm living. Um, I did an internship for Laura Escaday at Electronic Creatives. Such a badass female, you know, dominating and a male-dominated industry. So the technology side of things in the music industry is like, well, I think in the music industry in general it's like 80 percent male but you know you think of the techier side as something females don't really do and you know I loved the tech side of things I love producing and so working with her and seeing her create and and build all these sessions for people was was great and I was like you're you're a role model. Like I was working with a role model of mine, which is crazy. Um, but I got to do some really cool stuff with her. 
I got the chance to go to Electric Forest. She performed, and I was like kind of her assistant, building, you know, her her sets on stage, taking pictures and stuff for her. And it was it was really fun and I'm so happy like that was the internship that I got to do because you know, not everyone has a has an internship like that. But, you know, once that ended, I sort of transitioned into a songwriter here. And so for a full year, I just wrote songs and produced songs. And um, I live here, I live in an apartment here with uh, my boyfriend, Cameron, and he's an amazing producer and engineer. And so we do most of, you know, our writing and producing together. But for a year now, I just, you know, when I first moved, I was like wanting to be in as many sessions as possible and just chopping out a bunch of songs and and I was writing for other people and writing for a couple you know underdeveloped signed artists and and that was a whole learning experience of how having to write with people who don't have you know initial training and how to write a song which was made me laugh because I was like oh my god you know I I did this someone taught me how to songwrite and now I'm doing it it's like full circle which is pretty cool to think about. But, you know, it's come with a lot of struggles as well because, you know, usually in a in a writing session, there's a couple writers and a producer, and the producer is, you know, bouncing off of the ideas of the songwriters and really focusing on the track. And then the songwriters are writing lyrics and melody and, you know, focusing more on that aspect and when it comes to me and Cam working with people, you know, he he does sit at the producer desk and kind of runs that, and I s- sit more with the songwriter. But at the end of the day, when we're done with the song, we then, you know, take a couple days and sit there and really produce the hell out of these songs. And so we kind of take twice the amount of work and it, it's, it's so draining and it's so fulfilling, but it, you know, listening to music and making music 24 hours a day is, is really draining. But I love the songs that we've created while we've been here. And it's kind of crazy because when we moved to LA, the songs that we are writing and producing now are like a thousand times better than the stuff we were making at Berkeley. And I just think it took us doing like real world experience to you know not that we didn't care at Berkeley but I just think when you're thrown in the environment and you're in sessions and it's not a homework assignment it's like a completely different outcome and it's been amazing to be able to to do this as a full-time job and well sort of full-time I have a part-time job as uh, teaching recording and production to an, um, a nonprofit at Hollywood High School as my part-time job. But, um, you know, it's, that, it's still creative. It's still me doing music. And so I'm so thankful to be out here doing that. But around October, I realized that 
you know, I've been writing songs for other people and, and really focusing on others for a year now. And I was like, what have I done for myself? What music is mine? And the weird thing is that, because my mom always said, you know, the music that you make is you. And I agree with that, but I disagree because Cam and I were a really good team, but <laughs> I mean, not but, but we're a really good team in that we can create all these different genres. So we have a song that sounds sort of Black Keys, and then we have another song that's Louis Del Mar indie, you know, more indie, and then we have pop songs, and then we have electronic songs. And, you know, as an artist, artists evolve, but, you know, they, Bonnie Vare, you know, it's Bonnie Vare. And so I struggled with that a bit for myself as an artist. And I was like, okay, all these songs are different. And I know my voice is the same on top of them, but none of these really, really speak to me. And I think the first time I realized that is I went home, um, can't remember, maybe last or this past March and did a show and I didn't have any new material for myself and I didn't really feel like singing old material. And so I sang a bunch of the songs that we wrote in LA and I'm, I was so excited to perform and I was so proud of these songs and we performed with tracks so people could hear all the work we did in the production. And at the end of the gig, I felt so unfulfilled. And I think it's because none of those songs were actually mine. And I know they're mine in the sense that I wrote and produced them. And so that that was a struggle to realize that not every song that I write is going to be, be me, be me as an artist, fit me as an artist. And so in October, I, this past October, I really made an effort to slow down on sessions and making demos with other people and focus on myself. And it took a lot of talking about it and a lot of tears and being confused about who I wanted to be as an artist because I think what I struggled with the most is that I've been writing pop music for the past year and I've really appreciated the melodies and the different rhythms that comes with that. But I know that for me, my voice is a little bit more soulful and raw and I like, you know, electronic elements and and so I struggled with kind of my identity and you know I was thinking about what other people were thinking and you know we Cam and I have struggled in the past with not being very marketable because we dive into multiple different genres like we mesh pop with trap with electronic and in in the industry that's hard for people to market and you know it's interesting because we submitted our songs to these 
electronic blogs and these pop blogs and the electronic blogs would say this is too pop for us and the pop blogs would say this is too electronic for us and and so that got in my head and kind of messed me up even though I think mixing genres is cool and I feel like that's already happening in music already it took a couple months but I just realized you know stop thinking just stop thinking about it don't think about other people just create you know like my top things for being an artist is that you know I want it to be powerful because for me I need that I think like I want to be seen as a powerful role model for younger females or you know um and Another thing is I wanted it to, I wanted everything that I said in my music to have a message, to speak to people in some way, to be important. And that was a thing that was hard writing pop music is that you could write about any, like being a songwriter, you can write about anything. You could put yourself in other people's shoes. And so I knew it had to be a message for me and something I could something I could really feel singing on stage. That was the most important. I needed to relate to it. I needed to feel it because if I sang a song that I didn't feel, I know it would come off ingenuine and I would just like feel weird. So I sat down. I just took samples from Splice that I thought were interesting. And Splice is a platform where you can download samples and presets and stuff like that. So I like to go there to find sounds that people have made and then find inspo from a specific set of sounds. So I'll get like a an ed, like some edgy toms and you know some vocal chops and kind of create a mood and I like to then manipulate those sounds. So we found the sound. It was a vocal of someone singing, I want a sample pack. And that's the main vocal chop that you'll hear in the song. But I wanted to chop up that vocal and make it an instrument. And so we started with that. And then I, you know, created this whole mood. And why I was initially really excited about it is because I could imagine myself being up on stage and like me you know hitting these toms or like I could just see the light the spotlight on me and so I was imagining myself up on stage in this song already and so you know we mapped out what we thought was the verse and then the chorus and I started improvising some melodies and came up with some that I liked but still didn't know what I wanted to talk about and it took a couple days but the first thing I said was know my name and I was like that's interesting because I the first thing I thought no matter what people think of my music, it was this like, I had all this attitude and confidence all of a sudden. And I was like, 
no matter what people think of my music, you know, no matter what they say about me, they're going to know my name. And so I was like, I like this idea. And so I started brainstorming and the first real lyrics that came out were, you'll hate me, you'll love me, but you'll know my name. And so that basically sparked the entire idea of this song. And so that's really how it came about is, you know, throughout me writing for other people for a year and that making me overthink myself as an artist and my genre and getting a lot of no's and, and feedback, negative feedback from people, this song came about. And I honestly believe that it's one of the best songs that I've ever created because I can hear little elements of my inspos, you know, growing up. Like initially the vocal chop reminded me of Timbaland, which was a huge inspiration for me. And, you know, there's like a Janelle Monae moment in the song. And and there's just moments where I know that when I hear it, I know that this song is right. And I know that it's for me. And I know that I'm going to feel great singing it. And there's a message to it. Friends in the industry are going to relate to it. Um, so, yes, I'm very excited about this song and I'm excited to show you guys and you guys will be the first to hear this song because I haven't decided yet but it's not going to be out until sometime in the end of January but I'm I'm just really excited so we'll go ahead and play uh, the song and then come right back okay I know I'll be flying high 
Okay, we're back. So, Marcella, why don't you continue and uh, tell us a little bit about what we listen to uh, and where you're going from here. So, yeah, that song that you guys just heard is going to be um, my next single, and I'm calling it my comeback single because I feel like, you know, I've been out of the game for a minute. And I'm really excited because I feel like everything in this song encompasses me as an artist. And I'm proud that, you know, I pushed through despite all of my doubts and struggles, you know, that everybody goes through once in a while. But I'm really excited and proud of the product because, you know, I put my heart and soul into this and and produced it the way that I wanted it to be produced and you know if it's too electronic for some people if it's too whatever for some people good because that's what I wanted um, to push the boundaries and to create something really unique and new and and I'm very proud of it and you know I would like to say that Cameron was a part of this as well and he wrote and produced this song with me and I'm very thankful for him you know for listening to me cry and struggle with it for so long um so he helped push this song along and so I'm really excited because you know I was supposed to be filming a music video for this song um in December but I think it's being pushed back to early January, but it's happening. I'm gonna produce a video for the song because I'm just so proud of it. And, you know, I want my comeback to be in your face. So this song will probably be out in January and then the video will most likely be out in February. And you'll be able to find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, all the social platforms will be there for you guys. So that would be the song as well as the video? Yes. Do you have a, do you want to give out some of your social media accounts so that people can find yeah. you? Yeah. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And I don't know I'm forgetting anything else, but everything is at Marcella Fruhan. That's M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A-F-R-U-E-H-A-N. I'll be having a show in Dallas at Opening Bell on December 21st at 7 p.m., which is going to be super fun. It's going to be like kind of like my reunion showcase because I haven't been home in eight months. So it's basically going to be a room full of all my friends and family, which is going to be insane and, and so fun compared to, you know, performing to absolute strangers in LA. Um, but we will hopefully be recording that and I'm definitely going to record that. I shouldn't say hopefully, cause I know I'm going to, um, and I need to. Um, and so that will be on YouTube and I'll post some clips on Instagram like that. To see. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. And, uh, Marcella, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story. Uh, and uh, please keep us posted for new events in your life. 
Of course. Thank you so much for having me.